About that time, about that time. About that time. Yes, about that time. Welcome to the jungle. The Auburn Men's Basketball Podcast. Holloway. Auburn Men, talking Auburn Men's Basketball. Auburn looking to push. Looks it up to Jalen Williams. No frills, no gimmicks, just ball. Katie Johnson's been a menace and continues to be. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. Yeah, all right, everybody, huge 40-point win. I'm trying to be like Jackson. 40-point win. Massive. Uh, a huge. huge margin of victory. Huge. Huge. Probably shouldn't make those jokes in 2024. Anyway, Auburn gets a great win over number 11, South Carolina. Still undefeated at home in Neville Arena. And, man, if you don't believe in college basketball, the value of home court. Look no further than how Auburn played in Gainesville on Saturday and then how they played tonight. Um, great performance. The shots were falling. The offense was free-flowing. Um, the defense was great. Uh, South Carolina started out 9-4, to four, uh, took an early lead, hit, I think, four out of their first five shots. And then it was 46-19 to 19 the rest of the half. It reminded me a lot of um, – it was more dramatic and earlier in the half, but being at the Auburn-Indiana game in Atlanta, Auburn just boat raced them like it, it, for the for an, an almost an entire half. It was amazing. Um, here to break it down. And don't with me, don't Ben Young. Oh, <laughs> who's yeah. already trying to jump in? Because I got to say, Matt, don't discount this. Obviously, it was a great performance. But we talked about going into Florida last week. They were one of the better defensive teams in the SEC. They were definitely one of the top rebounding teams in the SEC. South Carolina was ahead of us. They were the number one scoring defense in the SEC coming into this game. And I think it's safe to say after a 40-point uh, loss in which they gave up 100-piece that they might no longer be in first place. Yeah, I mean, we we knocked, we did what we did last week against Alabama, right? Uh, South Carolina was tied for first. We knocked them down, brought them back to our level. You get a tiebreaker over them. Um, big win, way to defend home court. And now Alabama's off this week in the midweek. We get our bye next week um so we are which makes us currently half a game half a game behind alabama so you know not that auburn fans need any excuse to root against alabama the rest of the way in all their games but that is kind of uh we gave up that controlling our our own destiny thing when we uh fell a game behind them again but still in the race and with six games left in the regular season i mean this is this is about as good as you could ask for uh wait matt did i just hear you say we gave up control of our own destiny you're finally admitting it this is the hard part this is why this, I was in such a panic this is when not, we lost winnable games. This is not this is not complicated. <laughs> if you win all your games, do you win the league? That's what that means. We, we If you win all the games that you have left, yeah, sure. All right. But that's listen, what that means. Uh, there was there was some panic that was justified because again, if you think about that game against Mississippi State, that was a winnable game. That game in Tuscaloosa, man, was that a winnable game. It was. I, we, we we had some close opportunities that are going to make the last couple of weeks of this game stressful. I got a uh, I, I got a I got a pause. We're going to get into MVP discussion, but shout out right. to our shout out to our people. You know, Pocket Watch, AU Bear, Farm Data, all in here, always right on. You know, we don't even we, we haven't even been very consistent this year with when we go live, and yet when we do, they're here. Um, Pocket yeah, Watch. Hey, hey, 
Canoe Bear and Pocket Watch were the only people that were here with me last week. I'd like to point that out. That's it takes right. a forty-point win to get Matt Donaldson back on his own podcast. Great supporters, great supporters. I was a little busy. Um, we've also got we've also got AU Bear uh, on the Reddit poll voting for MVP that we know we've seen a lot. And Ribs and Whiskey, good to have you in the Reddit poll voting on MVP for us. It's going to be a tough discussion tonight, Matt. It will. I, I, I was bringing up Pocket Watch to say he sat at Jalen's table at the donor uh, dinner last year and said he's a great dude. Shocks no one, Pocket Watch. If you've listened to it, you know this is my guy. He's not only a great basketball player, a great dude. And maybe that's where we start with the, um, the MVP discussion because Jalen was on a heater tonight. Uh, well, well, it's dangerous to start there. It's dangerous to start there because I think before we start there, we have to start with who started the game off for us. Who has been the straw that stirs the drink for the last six weeks coming back into the starting role? But my guy, Trey Donaldson. Now, Trey Donaldson didn't have a huge impact in the box score. But when you talk about the way the game started off, we saw him take a couple of shots early versus Florida that didn't go in. It sort of set the tone for the game. I feel like Trey Donaldson set the table for this game in a lot of ways driving inside hard, penetrating early, dishing some good assists. Uh, I believe he finished tonight with zero turnovers. Which, he did. Yes, four he did. Assists. Zero turnovers to four assists, one of one from the from the free throw line, five of eight from the field. He's finally taking some more shots in that PG1 spot that I personally have been begging for. Uh, talk about Trey Donaldson's impact early on this game. Yeah, Trey, Trey just – he is a – there's got to be better words for it, but he is just a steadying force on the floor. He's done it as a starter. He's done it as a backup. Um, he is just so solid. Um, he is finding his shots a little more. I think he's finding his flow of the offense. It feels like th- there's very rarely anything forced with him. And I think that's one of the nicest things you can say about a point guard on a team that is uh, – when it's clicking at a high level, if you have a guy like that who can get other people involved and add his – uh, ben, we've been on this since the beginning of the year. 22 assists to five for Ooh. South Carolina. Oh, it's pretty basketball. And, and by the way, you know, Aiden Holloway, three assists, zero turnovers as well in, in the backup minutes. So um, really great production. I'm glad you start with Trey. Trey is, has, has been seamless. He's been good on both spots. And I think that's the best um, thing you can say about a guy. You know, Zepp Jasper was able to do that. Like a team guy. It doesn't matter if he comes off the bench. Doesn't matter if he starts. He's going to bring the same energy. But you can kind of feel Trey's confidence building as as the season has gone on. And then we got to talk about another guy who continues to accelerate through SEC play as a reliable role player. I don't think anybody's confused about who the best players on this team are. They're in our front court. But Chad Baker Mazzara, man, what an upgrade as uh, the three player coming off the bench. He once again had double digits. He finished with ten points, but he had his perfect night: four of four mm-hmm. from the floor. Two of two from three-pointer. Now, sadly, he didn't draw any free throws tonight, no fouls. But he finished with five rebounds in those serious hustle plays and three assists. His passing tonight was a huge part of this game. It was. And he, I mean, he led us in rebounds. Um, and and he continues at his height, six, seven, six, eight, to be a really, even for not being huge, he, he's a good rebounder. He did have three turnovers that were pretty bad out of our we only had seven as a team. He had three of them. But, uh, man, the spark he provides, you mentioned the passing, the scoring at all levels, hitting multiple threes. Um, he's one of our seven dudes on offense, and and we need him to show up and, and continue to contribute. And I thought, again, the story, you know, Jalen and Janiah get so much attention. There, To me, the correlation with this team is like, 
how many of our dudes are scoring? Trey, Katie, Chad, all had really good nights. Denver quietly had a good night. Also played some point guard. We'll talk about that later. Um, just we need the depth of scoring. You know, we we can't have it be one or two or three guys. That's a flashback to last year, and that's not a recipe for winning, especially as these games get a little more intense. Obviously, all these guys play better at home, but I'm glad you you pointed out Chad. Chad was good, and he almost drew a fist fight from somebody, which. Uh, <laughs> Every game, there's we'll something talk about, that happens with him. It's funny. Yeah, we'll, we could talk about the floor of the game a little bit later. But, but you mentioned Katie Johnson. Katie Johnson, once again, a spark plug. And we can't mention enough how Katie Johnson's hero ball this year is coming at all the right times. Uh, we're not seeing him shoot us out of games like we have in previous years, particularly last year when we were looking for a hero constantly. Katie Johnson, two of three from the floor tonight. Uh, one of two from three pointer, and then hit all four of his free throws. A man after my own heart. That's getting a Jalen stat line. That's a Jalen stat line. Getting nine points on three shots. Way to go, Katie. Yes, but uh, you know he also had two rebounds and one assist, which I want to say is not so much a Jalen stat line because again, one of the things that we're used to seeing Jalen do is be that facilitator and do all the stuff that you don't see in the box score. Great passing, great rebounding. Well, but- that. Matt, that's KD. Give us, give us the plus minus on KD. All right, I, I can. I, I, I was going to say that for a little, little bit later, but Katie Johnson tonight, thirty-nine points plus minus. No, 40, 40. I'm reading it wrong. Plus 40, forty points plus forty. That's the difference in your ball game right there. Now, some of plus that has 40. to do with who, who Katie is around, but he also had some incredible steals tonight. He continues to be an energy glue guy, and again, just like like we're talking about with with last year's situation. We would so often see KD shoot us out of a game, and he's just so much more patient this year. He's so much more trusting of his teammates, and that's the gel that is making this team go. You, you said Dylan was number two, right? Plus minus. Yes, Dylan was also number two. Yeah. So, like the backups, this was a kind of a throwback. You know, it felt like that backup five group has been struggling a little bit. Man, they they cured a lot of ills and really started that run in the first half. And it, I, there were like four or five straight possessions when the game was really tight early. I mean, it was just turnover, 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 uh, steal, you know, getting out on the fast break. And it was great to see. It honestly felt like it had been a little while since we had seen that backup group really accelerate, take a big lead. And they did that tonight. And, you know, I think some of that has to do with Aiden finally setting into what his role is going to be as the backup point guard. I mean, you see another perfect night from him, three assists, zero turnovers. Uh, doing his job as the ball mover. We don't need him to be a guy that's going to come in and shoot the ball 10 times a game. We saw some of that early in SEC play, and it was clear that as the competition has stepped up, uh, Aiden's offensive ability in terms of scoring has not necessarily been there. But what has been consistent this entire year is his ability to get other guys involved and take care of the ball as our point guard. I'm going to be consistent and say that we uh, you're right. And I'm, he needs to be able to do all those things. I, I think we're going to need him as a shooter. So as we wind down this, this season, especially as we get into some of these tournament situations, I I'm really hoping, I mean, I, at this point, I feel like I'm one of the last Aiden stands out there um, trying to hold, hold the, Hold the rope, but uh, I need him to hit some threes, man. Yeah, listen, you know, Matt, I I, I, I want to respect that, and I want to respect Aiden as a three-point shooter. I really do. But um, we got a couple of guys that are uh, six foot eight and taller that went nine of 12 from the three-point line tonight. Let's get to the meat of this MVP discussion. 
I don't know if you all heard me out there in the podcast universe, in the YouTube universe, but our four and our five went nine of 12 from three land tonight. Holy cow. No wonder we ran away with this one. Yeah. I mean, the classic, uh, what they combined for 50 against Alabama in the big win. Yep. They combined for 44. I, I think broom barely scored in the first half. He did a lot of his damage in the second half. Uh, but man, you talk about stretching the four, the floor and the five out offense. Uh, man, it, it is hard to guard when you're four and five. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. You know, nine of 12, 75% from three. We shot 60% from three as a team, Ben. 60%. Wow. Um, and part of that came from our aggressive rebounding. So shout out Chris Moore. Uh, honestly, shout out Leor Berman. We get some valuable Leor minutes in that first half there. We had guys tonight, you could just tell, there have been a couple of games this season where other teams have wanted it worse than we have. And this is a great opportunity to see a team come into our stadium with a higher number than us, with a yeah. better record, with a better position in the SEC title race. And we had the want to tonight. Our offensive rebounding game was excellent. I've got to go back to the ESPN statue because I don't know if we have the full offensive rebounds. They, they, oh, no, they beat us pretty bad on the offensive glass, but I, it did feel like early on. But, but when did, but when it mattered, when it mattered was early on. Right. Right. Early on, we were getting a bunch of offensive rebounds and you're right. Chris had a few. Um, and, and, and when I mean, you're shooting honestly, like we do, when you're shooting like we do, when your first look is there, you're not going to have the opportunities. For you shoot 61% from the field. You don't get a lot of offensive rebounding chances. So you're right. Math. Um, I, you know, it's it pretty amazing. And, and just to zero in, you know, Janai has continued to round out his game. If you want some entertainment, go back to listen to some of our old podcasts where we talked about debating whether Janai should ever shoot threes ever again, or if he should be allowed to. That's fun. Good podcast. Whoa, whoa, there. whoa, whoa, whoa. There's um, one, there's one podcaster in this group that said that Ryan Storm and Norman, he was, he was possibly going to join us tonight. Unfortunately, Jackson, he was able to be was at the game. Jackson was always on the fence about that too. He's like, well, I don't know. Uh, Jackson, no, no, no. Jackson was very anti Jani shooting threes, especially yeah. when he went in that cold streak and out of conference. Yeah. So shout out Jackson. We're we're calling Beetlejuice again here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jalen. I mean, Jalen missed his first shot, and it's funny because I'm such a Jalen homer that I'm like, oh, I just feel like people are gonna be all over Jalen. He had a quiet game last game, and then after that, he he went eight for ten the rest of the way. Yeah, I think he hit five of his first six threes. He had 16 in the first half. He he has the most casual, like, 15 to 20-point halves. It's just it, – it's remarkable. He does it efficiently. Yeah, we, it's amazing. We looked up at the 10-minute mark, and he already had 10 points. And you're right. There might have been some people who don't know ball who would have gotten on Jalen for missing that first shot. But do you remember what it was? It was a left-handed hook inside of the box right at the basket. It's and shot. one of the things that we were begging for – in the offseason was Jalen get aggressive go inside that hook shot when it starts to fall is unblockable there's no way for anybody to guard that on a guy that's six foot eight and has the hops that we know that Jalen does it was a good shot and it bared out being a good shot because you saw how frequently it fall it fell throughout the rest of this game how and, would you put out do you do you have the uh you have the YouTube up I do yeah how would you, in your expertise, Ben, pronounce the uh, the 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 name with the S? Who had three? I'm comments? going with I'm going with Sonichu, but I I could be wrong. So Sonichu, if you're you, you say you're a next day podcast listener, write in. Let us know how wrong we got your YouTube name, but we appreciate you being here. 
Mr. Beautiful makes a great point. The weak fans kind of scared after the Florida game. Uh, it's it's hard. And and I, Jackson and I kind of figured this out real time a couple of years ago when we were doing the pod. Like when you're on the roller coaster with in this grind of a college basketball season, it is so easy. And part of it as fans, right, is we get wrapped up in these results and we want to over extrapolate them. And Ben and I were talking about before we came on, as much as we don't want to overreact to the loss in Florida, which Ben, again, was all over all year uh, about that game. Uh, this one, too. Um, Alabama did this to South Carolina. You mentioned that today. Uh, I'm glad we were able to match and exceed that. Well, Al- Alabama didn't quite do this. Well, but <laughs> Alabama won that game by 19, I think, or 21. And, and we did, too, by a lot more. But, it, hey, look, it, it does feel now – and again, my goal in this is, hey, can we stay in the race? And, and we're still in the race. And that's if, if we can hold serve at home, which would mean wins over Kentucky, which would mean wins over Georgia and uh, Mississippi State, right, I believe. Um, yeah, Mississippi State, a revenge game. Those are those are ones we need to get. And then Tennessee. I was, I was close. I was close, by the way. It's Sonichu. Sonichu. Okay. Shout out, Sonichu. Sonichu. Way to be with us. Um, I, to me... Jalen's the MVP. He only had two rebounds, zero turnovers for him and Janai, by the way. Jalen continues to, I guess Denver technically played one more minute because he played some point guard in the second half. But Jalen continues to play the most minutes, be the most efficient. He was the better shooter uh, efficiency-wise tonight um, compared to – Janai struggled a little bit early. He missed, you know, I think four or five of his first shots. Um, And then he got super hot, which to to have Janai – I think one of the most underrated parts about his game is, man, he has a lot of halves like that that just don't go his way. And it just never seems to phase him. Like some, like Jalen, honestly, at times, right? He kind of can discipline when, when things aren't quite, it's not one of his nights. It sometimes feels like it's hard to come through that, man. Jalen, Janai uh, continues to do that really well. And they both played great. And they're it's both so- our two best players. And our front court's amazing. And we need them to be great for us to go where we want to go. Uh, and it was great to see Eileen Jalen. You have any thoughts? I mean, I, I lean Jalen because again, what we're about on this podcast is do you get the points when it matters? And Jalen Williams was so active in that first half. He was so aggressive. Janai really did a lot of his damage in that second half. And we've got to give him a lot of credit because one of the tough things about Janai is he's not an elite defender. Um, we were spoiled with an elite defender in Walker Kessler at center. And Janai... I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say he's an elite defender because I think some of the stats might back that up. He continues to be pretty high up in the nation in blocks and in rebounds. He's definitely near the top of the SEC and has been for both years. But when you see him in the one-on-one, there are a lot of occasions where uh, some of these older, some of these bigger guys can go at him and score and they can get their buckets inside. But I think the big difference for Janai this year is he's decided that like what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay out of foul trouble. If you score on me, well, great. I'm going to go back down on the other end and I'm going to get those points back. And that was really what we saw in the second half. But even more than that, we saw a lot more of what you were talking about with that five out. We saw Janai rotating to the outside when we had guys driving, find his position and get a shot up. Now, I don't think Janai is going to go four or five from three point land uh, every game, but he has gone one of two. He's gone two of three quite consistently. So continuing to make that a part of his game, it makes him more enticing for NBA scouts, but it just makes us a better team because when he's hitting from outside, it's so much easier to get him in those one-on-one situations. And we heard Bruce talk about going into this game. South Carolina doesn't play a lot of one-on-one or uh, South Carolina doesn't double inside a lot. They do play a lot of one-on-one. 
And that was what we fed early. We fed Janai with his match inside, trying to get him those easy looks. And he struggled a little bit, but the rest of the team picked him up. They rebounded hard off those misses. That's the thing we've been really wanting this year. You, you said, and, and I can't believe this. This is going to, this is amazing. Um, Janai Broom is now shooting almost 39% from three on the year. <laughs> So he was he was cold. he's been hot for a while now is what that means. He now granted he doesn't take as many threes as some of our other guys, but like he is third on our team. So Jalen is at a sizzling forty two point six percent from three, which is insane. Chad Baker he, was and, on and he was at thirty nine. He was at thirty nine before this game. So that's not an aberration. Jalen Williams has been shooting yeah. great from three all year. He's been our most consistent three-point shooter all year. I think that's fair. Trey's been up there. Trey's still at 38. Chad baker Mazar is at 40.3. Denver's at 36.3. Those are all great numbers. And like, but for Janai to be that, it's crazy. It's crazy. He's 30 up to 39. At six foot eleven, it's just another weapon. And if we can continue to do what we did tonight, which is rotate him out to the wing when the first look is not there, I think. One of the interesting things about this matchup is South Carolina is a shot clock bleeding team, uh, particularly on offense. They want to run the shot clock down as long as they can, but it's the same way on defense. They'll let you take a tough shot. Um, they'll live with that again and again and again. So if you want to take an early shot with a guy in your face, that's a little bit open around the outside, they're going to live with that. And I think we did a better job, particularly in the first half of moving the ball and actually finding a shot that we wanted to take. But it was even more evident in that second half when South Carolina was kind of in panic mode that we were really able to just shoot the ball from anywhere on that floor and anybody that had it in their hands. Yeah, yeah. The the, the team confidence was great to see, especially after a bad kind of performance and a tough loss, kind of blow, first blowout of the year, really. Um, good to see them bounce back at home in a big game, in a big spot, and defend home court. Um, you know, I, I, I did want to put, I mentioned Dylan earlier. Dylan was all over the place in this game. He hit was four for four at the line, Ben, first of all, but five assists from Dylan Cardwell. Is this, is this a correct in 15 minutes? I, if that's yeah. correct, that's incredible. A lot of that had to do with, uh, Dylan's offensive rebounds that then turned yeah. into, uh, wait, hang on. He's credited with zero rebounds. That, that can't be right. We need some. maybe it's maybe, <laughs> maybe it's, it's maybe it's tip outs that maybe it's tip outs that turned into that. I'm not sure if that's if that stat sheet is entirely correct, but we're gonna have it to may check not be. on that. But no, you're right. We got we got valuable Dylan Cardwell minutes tonight. And again, like he's one of those guys that's like KD. A lot of times when he gets the ball inside, if he doesn't draw a foul, he's not gonna make the basket. And he tends to do his damage at the foul line. But overall, you can't say enough about this team shooting. They shot 61% from the floor, 60% from three. But they were 17 of 19 from the charity stripe. And that doesn't do a lot for you in a game that you're going to win by 40. But Auburn's free throw shooting is such a vast improvement over last year that if we find ourselves in that situation, I feel like we can win a free throw competition. I mean, we definitely had to do that a little bit in that second half against Alabama. You want to you wanna take a guess at our uh, season free throw shooting percentage as a team right now? <laughs> I think we are now closing in on 78. I think we're at 77. I'm going to give us 77 point something. 76, but I, that's great. I'm not through as a team. Ooh. 76 is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, that's incredible. I, you know, good team win. 
I thought we, I thought our offense was great. I thought we defended well. Um, you know, but there, Matt, we haven't, crowned, of... we haven't crowned them. We haven't crowned them officially yet. So I think I it's time we them. crown the MVP. Yeah, let's crown. Yeah, him. I think it's, I, I think it's no question. I think when you look at the impact all over the floor, when you look at the impact in the first half when the game was still in doubt, say, say his name one more time. Jalen Williams, my Jaylen guy. Williams, MVP. MVP once again. I ride the roller coaster with you, Jalen. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. Um, well, and, and it's not so much just that. Like again, basketball is a team sport. But we said it last year, going into SEC play, this the, the, this team was going to go how Wendell Green Jr. goes. This team is going to go how Jalen Williams goes. And we said Prophetic. it on socials today. We said we said it's a it's a big game. Who are we going to get? Are we going to get Ghost Jalen or are we going to get Superman? And good Which, grief. We got Superman. There were a tonight. lot of ghosts on Saturday. There were a lot of ghosts on Saturday. But um, but who's the ghost that is most indispensable to this team? Janai Broom is our best player. I guess it's Jalen. I just think it's funny. It's, it's uh, Jalen. Yeah, it's Jay. It, uh, because we've done it without Janai. We've had a couple of games where Janai, and you could argue that we had to do it tonight without Janai. Janai was not particularly effective early, but Jalen Williams went in there and took over this game and did not take no for an answer short at the rim. He missed his first shot and then he just kept going at it. And that yeah. was the difference tonight. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, it, it was kind of a classic performance, honestly. He did a little bit of everything. There was some mid-range in there. There was some um, some inside play. There was obviously all the threes, hit his free throws, you know. And, and I thought he played really really well on the defensive end. Our, our scout was great against South Carolina. We switched really well after the first few possessions in terms of uh, – we. this was a great matchup for us in a way because we could really switch everything and feel really comfortable with our big guys on the perimeter defending in our traditional man-to-man. And then, um, you know, yeah, it was just a really good, obviously, when you win by 40 and when you win, when you score 50 plus in both halves of a game um, against the number 11 team in the country, it's a good night. But uh, needless to say, the coaches and the players did a great job of flushing Saturday, getting back to work. And uh, I think that speaks to, um, well, two things about Ryan Storm and Norman. Ryan was on that, you know, he said that in our preseason or maybe in the first two games about saying making that parallel with Wendell Green Jr. Like is is Jalen Williams the guy this year that is the key cog that we go as he goes. And then he also um uh what was my point? I had a point there. I was gonna shout out Ryan again because he said something. Yeah, oh, never mind. Ryan continue Ryan continues to be a guy that understands the matchups. And yeah. we've got some some folks in the chat want to talk about BJ Mack. And BJ Mack was our player to watch in this game because you're right. He is one of those freaks at, at six foot eight, 220, somewhere in the 230 pound range. He's a fifth year senior transfer from Wofford who played a bunch of college basketball prior and is probably playing the best basketball of his career. He certainly played a great game tonight. We knew Michi Johnson was great. Uh, Miles Stute was a, a transfer that left Vanderbilt this year. He was a guy that we wanted um, as well that, that decided to go and join South Carolina. And Lamont Paris has, has done a fantastic job of knitting together a team of guys that buy in and play hard. They ran into a buzzsaw of an environment tonight, but they're a tricky matchup for a lot of teams because just like you were saying, they're big across the floor. And a lot of folks uh, and a lot of teams across the SEC don't really know how to handle that. But I think we did a really great job of forcing them to go through only a couple of guys tonight. We forced them to go through Michi and we forced them to go through BJ. And 
it just makes a difference. It does. By the way, I, I, I want to zoom out a little bit unless you have other player notes because I think it's important to put some of this I just in have context. one. Okay. I just have one um, because we continue to see it. And we, uh, Mr. Beautiful in the chat has pointed it out to remind us, Chaney Johnson's development. Ryan Storm and Norman was also on Chaney Johnson coming out of the offseason, that he was going to be an important player for us. And it hasn't quite been the rocket ship that Chad Baker Mazzara has been. But the last couple of weeks, Chaney Johnson has steadily improved to giving us valuable offensive minutes when Jalen Williams is off the floor. And well, that is huge. And just- a great little post-up move, just a simple little, a good cut when when um we ran. They tried to trap CBM in the corner, and Dylan was rolling to the basket. So Cheney's guy, understandably, kind of leaves Cheney because he's just not. And it was a good cut to the basket, and then a dunk off that. Just just the solid fundamental plays. Like we don't we don't need anything crazy from him. Um, but he, you're right, he is finding his lane. I think a little bit, and like we keep saying, anything from Leor. You know, Leor, Cheney, and Dylan give you 16 points. That's a that's a nice little added bonus. Found treasure, baby. Found treasure. Yeah. So, first of all, this was the number one scoring defense in the SEC that we just put up 101 on. I just wanted to point that out. Um, so we shot Say it again. Ex- Say it again. 101. 101 on the number one scoring defense. Um, we we talked about 60 percent from three. We talked about 89 percent from the line. Or if we haven't been, I'll just give you a moment just to marinate in that 17 for 19 from the line which is incredible um but you know john john rothstein shout out we love john rothstein would love to have him on the pod if anybody has any connections let's let's make it happen um he pointed out he was tweeting about this game specifically this morning and said hey like south carolina is the best team in the sec at not turning the ball over and how are they going to handle the jungle the auburn pressure defense and i think that i mean yeah we shot the lights out but 25 points off 13 turnovers from them. We turned their turnovers into points. We got the Flying Tigers going, and we only turned it over seven times. They only had eight points off. I think that's huge. And then the other one I would point out in terms of the team stats, I said 22 to five assists, which is amazing. We won the block party. We won the steals. But Ben, 39 to one in bench points. 39 to one. We love it. The depth. Yes, and the depth from all 11 players, because I'll say it again, we got some good Leor minutes tonight, and they weren't necessarily about his offense. It was about his defense, Mm -hmm. and that's where you see the hustle really matter. The guys going after the rebounds, guys forcing steals, forcing those turnovers with sloppy balls, and you see that happen in a team that uh, uh, through about the first 30 minutes of this game, South Carolina only played seven guys. We played our 11, and it mattered. It mattered because we were fresh, we were aggressive, and we went after that basketball. Can you imagine how annoying it would be to be down 30 on the road and bringing the ball up and Katie Johnson is just like staring at you right in your grill? Do you know how annoying that would be if you were, you know, one of these South Carolina players? Like, it really is. It's wild watching our depth late in the second half when we're killing a team. It's crazy because we Bruce always has his guys playing kind of frenetic, right? They they tend to always play super hard. You'll hear national guys talk about they'll marvel at it when they watch college basketball, and then they come to Auburn they're like, man, this team just plays hard. They may not always be pretty, they may not always hit shots. They're gonna play their tails off. And I just thought, there was just a moment where I felt so bad for this little South Carolina guard trying to bring the ball up, and KD's just all over him. I mean, you think when you're down thirty, you expect a team to sit back and a little bit softer of a man. Let you bring it, let you get near half court. No, sir. 
No, sir. But again, that that to me is the masterful nature of of Bruce Pearl and this coaching staff. Obviously, we've had a couple of games where things have not quite gone right and we've struggled and things have been challenging. But if you've ever doubted this coaching staff, think about what it took to go from losing on the road in Gainesville from, once again, we took a really good team down there to break a nearly 30-year streak of losing and couldn't get over the hump and, in fact, laid a massive egg. But now you got to turn around. you got to come home on a Wednesday night on a late tip and play against the top team in the SEC. And he had them playing like this was our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from start to finish, the energy was high. The play was aggressive. The roles were assignment-based, and you could just tell everybody knew what the game plan was. I don't feel bad for South Carolina. I don't feel yeah. bad for them at all having to look at that in the face. Because you know what? I think we're a better basketball team there. I think the South Carolina as a program has done amazing this year, and they've made some amazing progress. But we are a better basketball team than them, and I think yeah. we showed it tonight. It, Ryan made a great point. You know, I was I was going crazy about the spread. I was like, I couldn't believe we're twelve point favorites. You posted that on socials of the the ESPN predictive graphics, which sometimes analytics are good. You know, I mean, like we were considered the better team. This was a quad two game because they're not in the top thirty. I know they're ranked in the polls, but in the metrics, they're a mid forties, um, low for you mentioned they're out of conference schedule, not being super great, and that's part of that. But uh, still a great win. I don't think we should cheapen it, but I agree with you. This was a game that Auburn should win and should defend home court. But to see them do it this way was pretty impressive. And shout out to Jalen Harper for getting us to 100 points. Jared's brother. We love the heart. He took a mid-range jump shot that he missed. I think he got fouled on it, and they didn't call it, where he looked exactly like Jared Harper. And it was a great moment for me at the end of this game. So great to get the walk-ons in great to get to hundred points at the, the students got gooey fries. Cause they missed the two free throws again, late life is good. Life is good on the planes in, in Neville. And again, don't take this for granted because you're right. It was a quad two game. They were considered inferior competition, but I want to go back to something that I have said multiple times in our season preview podcast and our SEC podcast. You know, it doesn't matter who comes out of the gate hot because the college basketball season is a long one. You got to travel a lot. You got to play a lot of games. It matters when you get hot. And a win like this, this late in the conference race, when you've still got a shot to keep climbing that ladder, it matters. It matters that we're playing our best basketball right now. Oh, and it matters in all the way. I mean, we're 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 number four in Kimpom. We're we're considered a three or four seed in the NCAA tournament right now, probably depending on where you look. Um, we we're still playing for that top four, the double buy in the conference tournament. You know, there's all these competing interests. We're obviously still ring chasing and all that. Um, it's a big win. I mean, I think we're and- pretty. I think we're pretty firmly in the top four now. Uh, A and M had a head scratching loss to Vanderbilt after they did us a favor and beat Tennessee. So, yeah, Matt, are we ready to take a little look around the league and kind of see where we're at? Um, what was I going to say? I feel like I, I want to make sure I got all my fun key points here. I think we did. I'm pretty. Yeah, let's let's zoom out and let's uh, let's take a look at what's going so Auburn on. Auburn is currently half the game back from Alabama. Alabama's on their bye this week, so they're nine and two. Um, Auburn's got a tough game on Saturday and Alabama will also play on Saturday. So there's the potential this week, if things go right, to move into a tie for first place. What would be a three-way tie if South Carolina also wins? So at the top of the league, Alabama's sitting at nine and two. Uh, Auburn and South Carolina are both tied for second at nine and three. Tennessee has already had their bye, so they are currently eight and three. 
but the highest ranked SEC team at number eight. And in a tie for fifth place behind them is Florida and Kentucky at seven and four. Yeah. I mean, that's only a game and a half behind us. So if we don't beat Kentucky, if we beat Kentucky, we'll feel a little better about that top four. But uh, yeah. No, no. But behind so them, behind them is AM at six and five. And then after that, every other SEC team, the bottom half is all uh, uh, below 500 in conference play. So Ole Miss, who we don't see again, is at seventh at five and six. Mississippi State is tied with them, also five and six. So we're going to see Mississippi State. We're going to see Georgia twice, who is four and seven in league play. And then we're going to see Missouri, who is currently dwelling in the basement of the SEC at 0 and 11. They do not have an SEC win yet. And that's one of our three road games left. So, I mean, you hope that doesn't bite you. You hope you go in there and win. And then Georgia is looking a little better. I mean, they've, they've been better this year. And I think they're dangerous and having to play them They're not twice. a bad team, especially at home. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be one to watch. We know going into Knoxville is going to be tough. But South, South Carolina went in and beat them. So, I mean, it, and, it, it and is let's fun. not get ahead of ourselves. We got a, we got a tough one coming in on Saturday at, with Kentucky. If we can win that game, that puts us two games up on them, which would yeah. be absolutely huge. This, but this, if we're going to get some – go ahead. Yeah, you I'm know, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. This is the big week, right? Like, especially coming off that loss. So before today, it's like, okay, like we're at home. Can we finish? Can we finish the home slate undefeated? So it's Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Georgia. Can we do that? And if we do that, I think we can hang around in the race. You you hope Alabama's going to drop one, two, three more. I mean, we can dream. We want them to. Um, and if you want, we can take a look at Alabama's schedule here. Yeah, let's, on, let's on Saturday, they got a tough one. They got A and M at home. And then next week, they have Florida at home, which, you know, Florida's fighting for their tournament lives. A win on the road at Alabama would all but solidify them, in my mind, as, a, as an NCAA tournament team. They got to go on the road to Kentucky the week after, or the Saturday after. Mm-hmm. Then they're on the road again at Ole Miss. They have a two-week road stretch uh, to end February. And then in March, they have Tennessee at home. Does not get any easier. They've got to go to Gainesville which has been an absolute snake pit for everyone in the SEC. And then they finished their season with Arkansas coming to Coleman Coliseum. And you got to think at that point, Arkansas is not going to be playing for much but pride. And a win over Alabama to deny them an SEC championship could in a lot of ways make Arkansas season. So Alabama has some opportunities to lose if we can take care of business. Yeah, yeah. We just just got to win as many as we can, obviously. That's the key. And and stay within, you know – if you if you're a game behind Alabama on the last day of the season, you you've got a chance, like you said. I mean, and that's that that's the way you have to look at it. So, can we defend home court? And and obviously that starts with Kentucky, who has been really kind of hot and cold this year. They obviously have a, a ton of talent. Uh, we have a lot of experience playing them in Neville. Uh, it feels like we get to play them in Neville a lot, which is great. I'm not complaining. Um, and Rupp has been like Gainesville for us. Um, actually worse i think they i think they put up a graphic this year that we're we're five and five in our last uh 10 games against kentucky yeah which is amazing um so big one big one coming up um it honestly felt like did you feel like neville was just a little you know it's valentine's day it's kind of a weird like neville didn't even feel at full tilt tonight and it was no when we got there at tip i did see some empty seats which was a little disappointing for a game that's this big but you're right you know it's valentine's day you got to take somebody out for dinner and i guarantee you the uh the reservations for in, in auburn alabama around 8 p.m were probably wide open 
Well, I just, I, I just think it's going to be ramped up and Kentucky can make their jokes about how that's for Kentucky. And I, I love that our social media team in Auburn has been leaning into that because we've had lines out the door for all these other games. And when Bronny was, you know, people called it the Bronny effect when we hosted USC. <laughs> and it's like, y'all aren't paying attention. Uh, but, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to ramped up. I got to take a moment and look at where USC is at because they are having a bad year. Not great. Most of our non-conference opponents, unfortunately, did not uh, pan out. Yeah, Indiana's had a chance to win a couple of games. But fun fact about the Pac-12, Arizona, who is one of the only uh, one of only two teams that has a better home record than Auburn over the last three years, is the only ranked team in the Pac-12. USC is currently 11th in the Pac-12. They're 3-10 and 10 in conference and 9-15 and 15 overall with a couple of five-star recruits and Boogie Ellis as one of the top transfer players they got a couple of years ago. Rough. I'm glad you mentioned the home thing. I mean, I, we, we have basically the best record in the country at home over the last three years. It's it's minor. We probably have Facts. one less home win than Arizona and Kansas. I mean, that... I know, I know we we brag on this stuff all the time, but you just have to step back. It's insane. We have the, I mean, we have the best SEC, uh, best winning record, uh, home record of anybody in the SEC the last three years. Uh, and it's Including not like Kentucky, who has played, uh, I think, six more games than us at home. And it's not like we were great last year. We're good. And, you know, even uh, so it's just, it's truly remarkable. And if we can find a way to beat Kentucky and then beat Georgia and Mississippi state and have another undefeated home season, um, man, you just, just don't take it for granted. You know, this is special stuff. And I'm already, you know, with only three weeks left in the season, six games for us. Um, you know, it, we're, we're getting wow. close to that time of March. We're not too far away. Yeah. Matt, let's talk for just a moment about our 20th win of the season. Uh, as ah. a student, how many, how many 20 wins, how many 20 win seasons did you see? I was there for six basketball seasons. We had 20 wins once. Uh, I, I zero over here. Big, bagel bites between 2008 and 2012. But Matt, let's think about how many 20 win seasons we've seen as a podcast. Three for three. Three for three. 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 And, and I mean, it, that it's not the best barometer, but it's, it's certainly a barometer. If you go historically in college basketball, if you win 20 and you're in a good league, like the sec now is, I mean, that's, that's tournament stuff. So what are we nine and three now? We guaranteed 500 record in the sec bare minimum. We're going to have, a uh, we're record. guaranteed better. We're guaranteed better. Eight and eight's five is, is 500, right? Now we go. It's 18. So it's, it's, oh, it's 18. Okay. So right. we're, we're there, but one more win puts us winning the sec record. And these things, you know, people laugh. Cause, oh, we, we're a three seed. We were number four in Ken Palm. Uh, well, again, if you've been around this, like a lot of you have like 20 win seasons matter, just like, you know, I think one of the next steps for this program is getting to sweet 16s more, more often. Like that's a, that's a big thing. Second We've weekend. Seen Seen what it's done for Arkansas, right? The, the last three yeah. years being in the second weekend. Um, and we're putting ourselves you, in good position to kind of, if you're one of those top four seeds in a region, you, you've you got a good shot to get there. Yeah, and you hear a lot of the national media talk about second weekend teams. Yeah. Second weekend teams, programs like Virginia, programs like Baylor, programs like Kansas, programs even like Arizona, uh, who hasn't been as great lately, but teams that get to that second weekend consistently are the teams that are good. And you're going to hear this podcast shift a little bit more into focusing on the postseason once we're no longer ring chasing. But we're in an exciting part of the year. We're still Matt ring talks- chasing, Ben. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. still ring chasing. 
Mac talks about this all the time. College basketball is a rare sport. You have three championship seasons. You have the regular season, you have the conference tournament, and then you have what they call, for a reason, March Madness. So the regular season is special because being able to be one of the best teams in your conference over the course of 32 games is absolutely insane. And then going into win your conference tournament where you can have a team get really hot and win four games in four days. We've seen it. We've been a part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It's, it's not unheard of teams can turn it on and, and steal a conference tournament title. And then of course there's March madness where you never know what to expect. You never know who's going to emerge. So for right now, what we're focused on is this SEC regular season. What is it going to take for us to win a conference title over the course of these last six games? Yeah, probably probably going to have to go five and one, right? I mean, at least <sighs> at least five. And if one. we had to guess, if we had to guess, probably five and one. I mean, yeah. Um, so you guys take them one at a time. You know, defend home court. Uh, Kentucky should be motivation enough. I know our guys will be ready to go. Our, I don't think Cal and Bruce like each other at all. I think that's a fun, like, little coaching rivalry. I really think they don't. I, I, I think there's a lot of bitterness there. Um, it's going to be fun, and I'm I'm excited. I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, and then yeah, – So we'll – Yeah. We'll see all of you live Saturday after the Kentucky game right here at the Virtual Tumors Corner on the uh, Jungle Auburn Podcast. War Eagle, everybody. War Eagle.